Hello friends, welcome once again. This is Tales from the Secret Cabin. My name is Phil and uh, man, just really glad to be here. This is going to be a fun uh, time together. So uh, I don't know, before we get going too crazy, let's just do some quick introductions. Who's all here with us today? Jenny's here. Welcome, Jenny. Hey. I didn't know if you were going to bail on us today. I know. I, today was inspired by you. I thought about it. The whole way here, I kept thinking, it's like if somebody, <laughs> this is, don't take any offense, KJ, but it's like if someone's all, hey, do you want to come have a bad meal with me? Like, that's how I feel about this. Like, not really <laughs> I have prepared to the it. table for you, <laughs> I Jenny. I know. I hope, I, I hope my mind oh, is... I wait. have been it's... so excited <laughs> to, like, to be hospitable in the beehives. Like, I think that's... And I've been preparing for today for a, a super long time. I so. hope the veil is lifted today. That's my expectation. Literally and, and metaphorically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Amen. Well, Jenny, I'm glad you're here. Because honestly, I, I probably had a 50-50 shot. You're going to bail. So oh, great job. Wow. No, great job. I'll, All right. I'll commit. <laughs> and I am KJ Tenza. And I am here and excited, very expectant for... Um, for all the things that are be talked about and the experiences that are going to be had, uh, it's going to be, be be awesome to have a a pretty experiential podcast compared to just hanging out and sitting here and talking. I mean, I'm all about hanging out and sitting here and talking, but at the same time, it's going to be fun to uh, kind of almost have this like this very experiential. Experience. Podcast, yeah, I don't know. That, that's it. That's all I got. Yeah, uh, I'm Jake Hutton, and I kind of invited myself. <laughs> yeah. We basically just told you. This so is true. <laughs> you were just hanging around the cabin at the right time. That's You're right. Like, hey, come kinda talk just, with like, us. Uh, yeah, but, no. but here's the funny thing: is here's the funny thing: is he he asks, he says, so tell me the place that the tales from the secret cabin is done, <laughs> and he pointed at the garage. It was like, so, so do you do it in there? And I'm like. That's not a cabin, Jake. It's a garage. <laughs> and like, he's been over here quite a lot. Wow. And he hasn't yeah. ever been in the secret cabin oh. because it's a secret. Yes. Yeah. And so I brought him in here. He's like, wow. <laughs> yeah. If you would have told me to like drop me off at your house and find this secret cabin, I, I, know, I have no idea. Wow. All right, well then real quick, we got to know what what's standing out to you. This is your first time here. What what do you like about the cabin? What do you see? That kind of thing. Uh, my first the first thing I noticed was the Chinese checkers nice. over there. I, I have no idea how to play, but I remember I loved it. Okay. So, wow. Yeah. Well, very fun. Well, yeah, we're just we're thrilled that you're here. You're looking around, I'm taking thrilled, it in. I'm thrilled to be here. There's some goats staring directly at me. <laughs> <laughs> how does it's that make actually you feel? a Sheep. sheep. It's not a goat. <laughs> just there are big, big differences between the two. Does it species. make you feel more comfortable? Does it make you feel uncomfortable? What do you? Yeah, like he's just in a weird way. It's almost yeah. kind of calming. Yeah, yeah, just like a everything's gonna be okay. I don't understand? Yeah, I don't understand. Not for him. <laughs> Why dead animals staring at me is comforting, but it, it kind of it's almost nostalgic, huh. honestly. Yeah. Well, very fun. Well, you know, thinking. Uh, Thinking about today, and honestly, again, I'm, I'm thrilled that you're here because we'll just see where this goes. But there's been probably just a couple times in the uh, the course of our 
podcast journey where we've kind of stumbled into a conversation and had this sort of aha and, and one was sort mm-hmm. of a handwritten no thing. But last week, if you didn't get a chance, not last week, last time, if you uh, didn't get a chance to hear uh, that podcast, we kind of stumbled into this idea of just wanting to hear about uh, KJ's beekeeping journey and just some thoughts and passions and things that are going down there um, that then uh, kind of went out to, hey, rather than just talk about it, we should experience it. So that's the hope of today. Uh, we'd love to kind of, I don't know, start that conversation, KJ, just to kind of hear, give us, I don't know, just however you want to launch into that, but but I just want to spend some quality time hearing your heart about beekeeping and We'll go from there. Yeah, I'm going to talk about the heart I have um, that's inspired by beekeeping compared to I'm going to talk about beekeeping uh, because beekeeping is boring um, <laughs> and it isn't inspirational at all. But um, the heart of beekeeping and and how um, how the bees have kind of uh, taught a whole b- bunch of poetry to me, I think, um, can hold some value there. And it, it began at church after I did a sermon, there was this guy who came up to me and, uh, he was, he was kind of older and he was, he was very, uh, just kind of humble and quiet. And he said, so I don't ever do this, but I feel like God's saying I should show you how to keep beehives and that's kind of who I am like yeah that sounds great of course he said that you know and um, so how long ago was that how long are we talking oh man I don't know um, I was probably like 28 something a like couple years ago yeah <laughs> so I'm <laughs> 40 now so um, cool. so he he um kind of just like he had a couple hives um and he kind of like he was so excited to like here are the bees and he brought me into his hives and and i thought hey that's pretty cool um but then i began to do it um i bought some bees i bought beehives and then i began to build beehives by hand um, and be inspired about the origin of things and who actually figured out beekeeping. And then I began to explore this, um, the dichotomy between beekeeping and beehaving. Um, and that's something I'm excited to talk about during this podcast too. Um, but everything, almost everything about beekeeping comes from the early church. Um, all the practices, all the equipment, the types of hives, it's all from the early church because the early church had this perception about bees um, that the biology of bees, um, how they're programmed, who they are, um, is they are always prone to find something better than the place that they are. Um, that they're always, they have this thing deep inside of them that says, I think it's going to be better over there. Um, in fact, um, hey, ancient Egyptians kind of believe the same thing. And, and the Egyptians, they would conquer a city or conquer a territory. And the first thing they would do is set up 
beehives. And before the Egyptians settled that, that, that conquered territory, they gave the beehives a good chunk of time to just hang out. And then the Egyptians, they would come back to see if the bees had gone on or if they continued to be in that space because uh, if the bees had continued to be in that space that says there isn't someplace better to be wow. than here and they would settle mm. that territory or they'd settle that city but if the bees had gone on the egyptians didn't do anything in that spot and the poetry being i mean like here's uh, I, 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 and the entire country at this point can't sustainably hold bees. And so if the Egyptians today came here and set up their like, beehives, nope. they'd be like, nope, I'm not going to touch this place. <laughs> I, and it's just, it, it tells the health, wow. uh, the health of things. Uh, but, uh, okay, that's like beyond the point. Oh, no. Yeah, it's so interesting. But... Um, bigger picture, the bees are prone to always go someplace else. Um, that's who they are. They're prone to, to just be, be happier trying to find something else. And so someone who is a bee keeper, they keep the bees, and that's mm -hmm. kind of self-explanatory, right? Well, yeah, beekeeper. It's like, no, it's, they are so in tune to how the bees are that they, they create contexts that go against how these bees, that, 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 that they are in their biology and the beekeeper is telling them, so everything's going to be okay here. You don't have to go anywhere. It's all right. Continue to be here. And so to be able to be a successful beekeeper, it's to almost go against the biology of who the bees are, who they're supposed to be. Um, and so the early church had this idea that if a priest could keep a beehive that they could also keep a congregation um, be because that's who people are. Uh, the bees and people are so similar. Um, there's this, this like thing that says, so I think it'll be better over there. I think it's going to be better, you know, over here, over here, over here. And every place that people are, whoever they are, they think something, something, Thing else is going to be better in a place that they aren't. And so um, for a priest or a pastor to be able to keep a beehive and be successful, it, it taught them how to keep the hearts for their congregation. And it's very difficult to see and to understand who the the insects 
kind of are. Uh, I mean, like you have to pay attention to the bees, how they sound, how uh, how their the, their bodies, uh, how how they act. Um, there are even these like pheromones that go out that that I don't even have to go in the hives. So there's a scent that comes out that I'm like, oh, the bees are doing great today. I can smell it. Um, but like it takes time, like a ton of time to be able to even pay attention to the scent of the bees. Uh, it takes a ton of time to observe um, how they act during... I during I mean like during the sp spring during the summer during the fall during the hot summer during the cold summer like so many different things it's so fun um and I think the overall theme of keeping bees it's to pay attention it it's a helper in paying attention to the tiny things because the bees are tiny things and if someone can keep bees and be successful compared to have bees for a summer but if they can keep bees and and be successful they are paying attention to the tiny things and to be able to do that towards somebody else's heart um and to assume they aren't going to be the same day after day after day after day after day. And furthermore, that their heart is prone to find happiness someplace different. Um, how can I be a keeper of someone's heart? Um, yeah. That's great. That's, That's good. Yeah. an intro to beekeeping. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man, I've got tons of questions. So I'm not sure how far we want to go down these different paths, but just real quick uh, for people who I don't know have never met you or they don't know anything about you. Um, you have a few tattoos, and on your left hand you have a tattoo of a bee that's fairly new. It's in fact yeah. I don't know you've probably had it a couple of years, and I've been always wanted to ask you this question. But hearing you tell that story, how did you go in 12 years from not knowing a thing about beekeeping to getting a bee tattooed on your left hand? Yeah. Um... That's a really good question. Oh, dang it. I'm crying already. Live box check. Um, I think um, the bees and I have, <laughs> have, have been taught a ton by each other. And um, I have always had this idea that I don't have a choice to do the things I do, or I have this path that I have to go on or to follow God. It's very clear cut. And, uh, and I don't have a choice. It's here's the things that are, and the things that are, are the thing that's going to be, be so just be happy um and and i always like thought uh, i'm this i am a happy guy i'm an encouraging guy i'm a joyful guy and then i 
came to the spot because of the bees that I thought, I don't think I'm a happy, joyful guy because I'm just happy and joyful. I'm a happy and joyful guy because I have to be happy and joyful because the things that are are the things that are, and I just better have a good attitude about it. And then I began to think about the bees. And um, I had a, a time that, that I had a ton of hives uh, get trampled by cattle. Um, a whole herd of cattle came and they trampled, I mean, like thousands and thousands of dollars of bees. And it was devastating. And um, I was going to pick up the hives and there were bees everywhere. I mean, just like the bees didn't die, but the hives got trampled. The, the bee boxes got destroyed, but the bees had been fine. And they continued to be in the place that they had been. They didn't just pack up and go. They all found their queen and congregated. And I mean, I had, I mean, like hives, like tons of hives. And they all began to find, I mean, there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of bees everywhere. And they all somehow found their queen and began to build their home again. And they didn't swarm. They didn't find a better place because they already had a good place um, that I had created for them. Um, and um, those bees, they chose to be there. And from that point, I began to kind of just be like the place that that I am, it's the place I'm choosing to be. That's mm. it. Like I am choosing to be here. And I, I also have the ability to just pack things up and to change everything. I do. I have the ability to do that. I don't have to go on this course. I don't have to follow this path. I don't have to choose the correct thing all the time, but I am. And because that's a choice, I am happy and I am joyful. And although I don't have the, the hive box that I always have had, I'm choosing to be here. And so the tattoo, too, it's like the symbol of I always have a choice. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. You're welcome. Wow. Okay, so thinking of choices, there's actually kind of another story going on here. And, and again, if you didn't get a chance to hear our last podcast, um, kind of how we got to this moment was uh, we had some wasps kind of show up in the cabin and kind of kind of kind of show up <laughs> from my perspective they kind of showed up yeah it just but it was, was, it was just popped, popped in, in, popped in the open window <laughs> it was his choice you know but it's, it started down this journey that that you know whether it's wasp or bees or they're not your favorite thing jenny so what's mm. what's today for you like what's this about <laughs> what stories playing out in your mind right now um like i said i think you know i i'm not a big 
proponent of like face your fears you know go conquer your fears i'm like yeah don't you don't have to do that if you don't like heights don't go high you know <laughs> that's more of my um so this is very much outside of the my normal you know treadmill um so i i'm very uh i have no expectations i guess I'm so happy. what's driving you to go outside your normal treadmill um, you guys are encouraging me to do it. Okay. <laughs> so, that's what we're doing today. Yeah. So okay. <laughs> I'm on the bus. So. I love it. I love it. <laughs> but no, I'm not. I, I don't, I have, I def, I know the, the fear is very irrational when it comes to, you know, wasps and bees and yellow, hornets, all those. I know. And it drives p- people in my family crazy how spastic i get <laughs> i feel like i'm setting up like a fight like in this corner we have <laughs> the beekeeper and da, da, in this corner we have the fearful the, the non-beekeeper <laughs> it's gonna be great okay yeah. well okay so i've got one other thing and then again we can take this in place we want to go we can just get ready and go out and hang out with the bees but i remember last time kj you made a passing comment about how either bees or beekeeping or the story of the bees connected to your idea of the season of Pentecost and fire was involved with that and just the symbolism of bees and Pentecost. Is there anything stirring in you now that, that kind of harkens back to that? Like what, as we enter into this season of Pentecost and we're going to go experience a taste of what beekeeping is like, how does that begin to fuel this season for us? All right. So the, so everything I'm going to, talk about here it's all poetic so it isn't something that someone can go and pull up on google or something saying i'm trying to find the history of this okay so don't do that (laughs) Um, this is is kj yeah it's something i'm bringing to the table from the experiences that i have um so on the day that christ died the curtain in the temple the super thick curtain uh got cut in half that separated uh hypothetically the presence of god and the common people and the only people that could go into the presence of god before that had been the high priest and um and so then christ died this curtain cut in half and and it kind of like you know brought up this whole idea that there isn't a separate Separation between God and the common human heart or the, the common person. And I believe that the season of Pentecost kind of, you know, embodies, um, it embodies the, the exploring of those two things coming together. It's the, the spirit of God, God and the human heart and the human heart saying, how do I experience this? And then the spirit of God being, how do I experience this? You know, and it's like these two holy things coming together for the first time. And as I said earlier, there's a bunch about beekeeping um, that is taught to us by the early church. And, um, in fact, the, um, the priests, they would talk about the suits that they would put on. It's 
kind of like the suit of a high priest. And it's, um, it's to prepare themselves to go in to a holy place. Um, and that's how it feels because the, the bees in a beehive, who has the opportunity to go into a beehive? Like it's a holy place. And, um, the bees are, um, they always tell the truth. Um, that's the other thing about bees is they tell the truth. And, and so depending upon how a human being feels, the body will put out a pheromone. Um, there's a happy pheromone, there's a sad pheromone, there's the angry pheromone, there's a sad pheromone, there's the, uh, the I'm a Afraid I'm Jenny Hooten pheromone, <laughs> and <Potent. laughs> and the bees, they they do, do do everything by pheromones, and they almost copy it. And so if someone shows up to this holy place, this beehive, and they have a whole heart, and they are coming and and feeling whole the bees feel that and it's going to be a, a positive experience in a beehive uh, if someone is sad the bees feel that and they begin to talk to each other. i mean like and and so to put on a bee suit it's to prepare yourself to say i am going to be told the truth of who i am um, and there's something really beautiful about that. I mean, very similar to inviting the Holy Spirit and say, turn the, you know, come into me, explore me, tell me the things I don't see. Um, that's something that I found like the, the bees do. Um, and so because of the pheromones, um, the, the other thing that happens uh, is is someone going into a beehive. They have um, the uh, the smoker. Smoker, yes. Thanks, Jenny. Mm -hmm. um, and the the goal of that is to create smoke to cover up the pheromones, so the bees can't all be be on the same page. You know, like if if someone they don't have a whole heart, like they are. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm afraid to be in here. And all those bees and they're like, okay, it's, I mean like attack, attack, attack. And to have a whole beehive attack you, it, it would be bad news. And so you go in there, but you cover up that pheromones. So they're calm. Um, the early church, they actually did pay incense. They would burn the, the incense and put it inside the beehive and the priest they would pray for their congregation as they did it um love it mm. um so good um there's that aspect um and so thinking about you know about pentecost and the idea of fire and smoke and you you blow it there into your holy places um, is just incredible. Um, and then to be able to 
go into the hive and begin to pull it apart and to see the things that the average person probably isn't ever going to see. It's a gift. That also is about the season of Pentecost. It's seeing the things that the average person isn't going to probably ever see. And that's a gift. And then to be able to go and tell the story about it. That's a gift. You're bearing the testimony. Oh, um, that's a gift. And, and so I think there's this, this experience that just says everything is gift. It's all gift. It's all gift. Um, and I think that's the thing that the presence of God just proclaims. It's all gift. It's all gift. It's all gift. So, so I got a couple questions about these and almost kind of like for your benefit, because he just told you that yeah. if you're afraid, yeah, yeah. he's already told these me that bees before. Are gonna, I can't wait. Yeah. They're going <laughs> to sense it. They're going to, you know, so like John Wayne has this quote of courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway. Yeah. And Yoda has this quote of do or do not. There is no try. Right. Um, so on one hand, I, I guess my question is like, how does someone go from, I guess, being afraid of bees? Like, what's that mental process, that journey um, from being afraid to, I guess, not being afraid to being to being calm? And because um, on one hand, it's like you have to be honest with yourself that you, you are, mm -hmm. but then you just don't be. Yeah. I think the bigger question has to take the bees out of the equation. Um, how does someone go from being afraid to being at peace? And I think that that's been a big question that, people have been trying to solve for a super, super long time. Um, Are you not afraid the first time you walked up to a beehive, like up close? Yeah, of course I was. Um, but I think the bigger question is how do I go from being a person of fear to being a person of peace in all things? Um, um, I hunt. I'm. I enjoy hunting, and I, I, I had hunted for a super long time, and I was on a backpacking bull elk hunt, and the guy was um, who I had there as a partner. He and I had hunted super long time together, and his son had been going down. I got kind of angsty and said it's time to get back to camp and you get back to camp and he's like oh let's just hang out here and i started to get like kind of angry at him like we got to get back to camp we have a two-hour hike and the sun's going down and he's like dude chill out and he he kind of was just like tell me what's going on and i was like it's just time to get back to camp i'm hungry but like i started to do all these things about we just have to get back to camp and he he kind of like tell me what's going on and i said i'm afraid of the dark and I started bawling. And it's kind of embarrassing to say that, 
but I had been. It was, I always had to be back at camp before it got dark because the idea of being in the forest after dark was terrifying. So how do you get comfortable in the the dark following the time that the sun goes down as you spend time in the dark? But the first thing you have to do is to be honest and say, I'm 40 and I'm afraid of the dark. I think for me too, it's, it's very much a thing of, you know, as a young child growing up, you're, you know, stay away from the bees. They sting you. (laughs) You There's pain involved. So you associate this small creature with something scary or that. Yeah. You know, but you do, (laughs) but you're like something that could hurt, you know, that kind of thing. So therefore you stay away from them, you run from them, you know, and it's like, don't hit them. They'll come after, you know, and exactly what you're talking about, but it's just ingrained in you. And, and I think there comes a place and maybe today's that day, but where it's not necessarily about, it's, it's having the awareness of the fear, but it's pushing that awareness to then start to understand and respect. And if I can get from the fear of the bee to the respect of what the bee does. So then I live in a place of respect for them as opposed to a fear of them. Right. That's good. Okay. What do you think? Let's do it. Are we there? (laughs) All right. Let's suit up. Suit up. (laughs) (laughs) We'll catch you on the other side. Okay, I think we're back. We're here. Amazing, we are now out amongst the hives and uh, it took us a little bit to get suited up. How are you doing, Jenny? We landed on the moon. We landed, I literally <laughs> think we should go to the moon after this. That's how I feel, but this is great. You said the, the suit gives you confidence. It does. Yeah, Yeah. it feels, this is great. It's, a, it's like you're in a bubble. And KJ, I'm super impressed. Um, you said you had a giant suit. I. It I didn't think suit. it fit, but it actually fits. <laughs> it like, works. You, might you look great in that. You should take it home. Yeah, it's a little high water, but other than that, it's, it's, it works. Probably the only person who has probably ever been comfortable <laughs> in that suit is you. It was made for me. Thank you. All right, and so I KJ, love that KJ's like just in the jacket, not yeah. in anything. Else. We're probably wearing something you're supposed to be wearing. Now. I know. That's, that's, my, that's my guess. All right, well, describe what, what, what's going on out here and, and kind of lead the way. All right, so I have eight hives here. Um, There's eight. Oh, yeah. They're all um, <laughs> hives that I I caught, um, so they come from swarms of bees that people from from the city have called and said, "Hey, I have a swarm," um, and so I keep them here at home, and I kind of quarantine them until I can tell that um, there's a healthy queen in there they don't have any fungus or bacteria growing on them that sort of thing and then i i I put those hives kind of out um as far as the other hives i go uh so when you when you say you went and caught bees like how many bees are we talking when you catch bees Um, so it depends on the size of the swarm of the swarm but um there's a i mean like um the hive I'm going to show the two of you today had been a pretty big swarm, um, and it probably had 75 
thousand bees in it. So um, I'm scared of one. That, that's the number I was going for, Jimmy. So again, to go in a hive, there's power there. Um, so inside of this beehive, there's like seventy-five thousand bees. One queen. Yeah, just a single queen, and the goal is to have a very healthy queen um, to continue to build up that hive. Um, so Jenny, here's this. this. And what Where is, do I hold it? Describe hold it from that side so, so you don't burn a hole in your gloves. Yeah, that'd be great. And what so is this, explain Jenny? it. Um, well, it it kind of looks like the Tin Man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> from the Wizard of Oz. Uh, but it's a little tin smoker and it's got smoke coming out of it and I can poof it. Yeah. It's got like a little and real quick, I, I think, I don't know if everybody can pick this up, but but we have Gregorian chants playing we in the do background. Have, yeah. Describe Gregorian. that real quick. Well, I yeah. don't even know what Gregorian is. What it, is Gregorian? Uh, it's, it's a super long st oh, okay, okay. story another... with Pope Gregory, and it was during a time that uh, people believed that God could not hear their prayers, and oh, so okay. they built their they they built their churches, they built their cathedrals um, so that the, the, the architecture would, would capture the sound the mm. sound of singing and harness it up towards the heavens oh, wow. and so Gregorian chant they would sing these prayers 24 hours a day saying oh. God hear us God hear us and so it's beautiful um, yeah, it's very that's, calming that's Gregorian chant it's it's calming because um um it's hard sometimes to be out in the bees, especially if the bees get angry, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, they're everywhere and you got all these hives and the hives begin to talk to each other and all the bees come out and they're, they're angry. And it's, by the time that someone is done, it's so easy to have kind of, you know, absorbed sure. that healing and okay. it's hard to go home being angry and so I always play Gregorian huh. chant and um, yeah it kind of counteracts that type of cool. feeling okay so they're praying for you yeah that's good yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so I'm taking off a center block you let me know when to smoke all right wait why what is that it looks like liquid it is okay um so look in here just come up here, Jenny. Okay, okay. Come on. Um, oh, wow, there they all are. So in here I have food. So after capturing a, a swarm, they're hungry. Um, they've been out on their own and they don't have a home. And so, so I actually feed them food. I put um, I put some peppermint in here to kind of help build up their, their bodies a bit. And they eat the food, they begin to build comb. It's awesome. Um, what is their so food? Put um, a couple of puffs in here. Good. That's perfect. Okay. So then I'll, we're just I'll gonna, be the puffer. <laughs> just be the puffer. Oh wow! Oh goodness gracious! Mm, that's cool. Oh wow! So again, you built all these things by yeah. hand, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Look at! Oh my gosh! This is brave. This is like. Let's just say Jenny and I have much more protective gear than yeah. KJ yeah. has on at this point. So she's <laughs> going in bare hands. I love it. I love it. Here's how oh, cool. oh, yeah. okay. the thing begins. Okay. Um, so it's just a frame and it has a plastic foundation. 
lactation. Okay. And so after having bees in there, um, they begin to oh build up. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Build up the comb. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I love it. I love it. Wow. And then yeah. they're doing stuff on it. Yeah, That's absolutely. Cool. And so these bees have been very active and they're they're Jeez, building they're out just so crammed in a there. ton of comb. Oh so when did you pick honey. these bees up? I don't know. Okay. I'm just trying to think how long did it take them to kind of establish this oh, with their home? Uh, probably hours. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they all don't, of the, they don't need to rearrange the furniture or anything. <laughs> so all of the, the, the comb up here, it's new and um, that's pretty awesome yeah but the thing i care about is the comb down the bottom that's <laughs> going to show it show if the wow. queen is doing her job or not okay all right so you said something about and this maybe before we got on mic that over time these hives get built up and so you just took off three layers you said eventually they're going to get you're just yeah, gonna get like taller? super tall. Oh wow! Yeah. wow. Okay. All right, can I have the yeah, please. This bottom layer seems a little less excited that we're looking at it. No, they're like. <laughs> All right. They're noisy. Yeah, but that sound is just so so awesome. So you talked about smell. Can you smell things right now that yes. you're? Yes. Okay. What are you smelling? Uh, it's it's kind of like a pastry. Um, okay. that's the smell yeah. I smell. Um, and so if there's like a, a pastry smell, that means the bees are typically happy. Oh, look at them. They're just like hanging on each other. Yeah. Wow. Nope. Nope. Hold I'm, them, Jenny. I'll, I don't want to hold them right this second. Just hold, okay. I'm okay. All right. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Someday. So, How do you, where's So everyone point? at home, so, so everyone at home is saying, hold it, Jenny. Hold it, Jenny. Hold them. <laughs> no, Myth over there says, nope, 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 don't do it. Um, this is my so dog. All the, dog yeah. all the honeycomb they've created, or did they did no, no, no. have something you started it with? No, or? it's all created by them. Do you ever create eat the honeycomb? Wow. No, I, mean, I try so to exacting. sell it. Try to sell it. Yeah. Um, what? Do you want to hold it, Phil? Phil, just kind of I'm so proud yeah. of you. Like I said, I got I got a threshold of about five stings. Yeah, you're good. So, so as long as we don't get to five, we'll be good. Yeah, I think you're good. Do you but ever? It's can it's you look for the queen to see if she's doing what she's supposed to do? I'm trying to find. The evidence that there is a queen that there in is here. a queen. Okay. And um, what does the queen look like? They've got her stashed away somewhere. The queen is huge. Um, she's so much bigger than the other bees, and she's very obvious. Okay. There is a queen in here. Um, there is a queen. Yeah. Here, I will take this one. <laughs> It's so, just, he it. just does it so like, here. And I'll give you this one. Just hold all these bees. So, all over here, there's like, uh, bigger eggs and there's brood in there yep. that you're able to see. And so if there isn't a queen, there's not going to be any eggs. There's not going to be any brood. Okay. And so the health per hive, it's depending upon how fertile the queen is. And so, um, to see a beekeeper who's who has this like frame, the thing the beekeeper is doing is he's is counting the, the eggs. 
No. Oh. No, that's just a big one. That's a that's just a big B. He's a he's a hefty um, boy. <laughs> and so people will go in <laughs> and they're just gonna count the eggs. And so the goal is for a queen to have a healthy pattern. Okay. Um and to fill And they're just up. making sure. And it seems good to me. So out, outside of just kind of the poetic beauty of the whole thing, which is amazing. Yeah. Go get, just get in there. There's a lot of practical things that you do with this, or obviously you have a business. Right. Um, obviously we have honey. But, but kind of explain some of the things, because I don't know if everybody knows. I know I didn't know everything that you do as a result of keeping bees from a product perspective. Like you produce a lot from it. Right. Yeah. I, um, so, so, so I began um, to, from the hive, I began to pour soap, and from that soap, the thing, I, I, I began to explore, like, how do I turn this whole experience from a beehive and turn it into something f for everyone's practical uh, type of thing, and so I began pouring soap, and um, it's pretty fun pouring soap, but then uh, beyond the soap pouring process, it's the simplicity of here's something that someone can take to clean their bodies that I'm creating. And so I began to pray over each bar of soap. I, I play Gregorian chant kind of as I'm pouring this soap. Um, and there's a bee up in my sleeve. Um, <laughs> there he goes. Get out. Um, thank you. Um, you just get stung? Is that yeah. what we just like? Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, I put these guys back in. Okay, um, so, oh well, keep, keep going, I have a question. So I do soap and I do candles and I do, I mean, tons of body products. Um, but it's been fun because they're kind of like these, these tiny holy, holy experiments that I do and I get to give to people. And so if I have people come to my house, I'm like, uh, here's something for you. Like here's a soap. Here's a chapstick. Here's body lotion. Here's a candle. And of course, like the candle, like the symbol is like it's a symbolizing the presence of God. You know, and it's coming from a beehive. And 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 it's fun because like the average person that I hand something to, it's like, oh, they get, he gave me a candle. Thank you. And it's like you have no uh -uh. idea the thing that that <laughs> candle is. Uh, and if I give them a bar of soap, it's like, man, you do not have a clue of um, the place that, that that bar of soap came from, the hours of prayer that have gone into it. And every time that that, that soap is, uh, it's just like, it is an, so cool. So that's just how I feel. That's cool. All right, Jenny, it's time to hold some. Okay. Okay. And I'll just calm them down a bit for you so they're not going crazy. How about a lot? Maybe a bit. <laughs> I already got out this frame. Yeah, let's let's not anger them. You're doing great, by the way. Nice work. Hey, thanks. How's it, how's it going? Um, Are we moving through the journey? Yeah. It's, okay. it's, it was interesting to watch you hold them that they weren't swarming you. They're doing their thing. So they, they seem very busy. <laughs> All right. So, okay. I'm going to show you something very special. Okay. They're like... I am very excited about this. <laughs> cool. Well, hold so, on. on the frame are, are 
tells that whole queen. Okay. <coughs> okay. So oh, no the way. queens here are about to hatch. There's four of them. Oh, oh wow. my gosh. Okay. That's a big So deal. what will happen? So the fact that there's queen cells here, that says that the queen that has been in here probably isn't healthy. Okay. And so the bees have like have said time for some that's enough new one and it's time for a change and so here's mm. some queen cells wow. and bees oh. to find what's that cells. one is that a queen that's a big one nope that's just a okay. big bee okay um, that's another big bee um <laughs> yeah and that's cool so that's it uh, turn so it are those queens gonna fly away then and do their own hive basically or? no 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 okay um so the queen that hatches is going to come out and she's going to go to the, the other cells and consume them. She'll eat them. Wow. And then so she will claim survive. the hive. Wow. The, 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 she will claim the hive that has their own. Woo, sorry. So. That sounds like a whole podcast in itself right there. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> the eat journey the... of the queen. But it's important. I mean, it's pretty cool like to be able to say that yeah. a hive can t tell if it's healthy or not yeah. Yeah. and it's going to be like it's time for it's a time change it's time to grow Whoa. it's time for the old queen to go on because you were telling me that was a problem right before exactly all right so that's actually go jenny okay and great job don't Take drop some it pictures jake <laughs> that this actually happened See wow all these... look at them i'm gonna get my phone uh i don't want to hold this long you're doing great, Jenny. Go, Jenny. Go, Jenny. So their wings are flapping, you know, constantly, but they're not flying. What's that some about? Some of them are. Some oh, of them aren't. Um, that, Phil, is a great question. Um, so the thing I told you before is that the bees talk by pheromones. And the pheromones come, come from the, the, their behind. And since I pulled out like this whole frame <laughs> of bees, the thing that these bees are saying to the bees over here is, hey, look at that one the, just with his head stuck in. The queens are over here. The queens are over here. So they put their uh, butt up in yeah. the air and then they fan so that their pheromones oh. go out to everybody else. What wow. are these guys doing with their heads stuck in the. Eating. Oh, they're eating. Okay. <laughs> so I'm ready to not. Those bees are, Jenny, are like, oh great. no, it's the end of, of all things. It's time to eat. <laughs> I think that would be me. That was great. The end of the world? Where are we going to go eat? <laughs> so I'm putting this frame back in very slowly because of because those, those cells have yeah. to be like perfect yeah if something happened that whole hive is over okay so that's incredible so. that you found those there are four queen cells because the goal for a colony of bees so isn't just to have have a queen their goal is to have the best queen mm -hmm. and so they do four queen cells per time because the best queen's gonna hatch first. first. And so if 
Mm. I go in, I pull out the other cells, then the queen can't prove she is the best. And that's important. And that queen needs to come out and show who she is. It's almost like a destiny kind of yeah. thing. Like, <laughs> that's right, Jake. It yeah, is a destiny, destiny thing. One big dystopia right there. All right, are we, are we there? This is good. Uh, are you okay? You feel good, Jenny? I feel great. I'm this. shaking, but I feel great. You did so good. <laughs> I was just thinking about your comment. Like, I do think few few people get a chance to experience something like this. This, yeah, this was truly cool. a gift. So I do want to pour soap sometime too. Yeah. Oh, let's do it. Tales from the Secret Cabin. Jeez. Pouring or soap edition. <laughs> Pouring soap edition. Coming coming All right. soon. But so come over here okay. and just pay attention to okay. their sound, and and fully understand that that they aren't like coming up. No. They're, they're not angry, but there's a ton happening here. I'm gonna turn off the Gregorian chant so that you're able to hear it. Jeez. It sounds like an air conditioner. Yes. Like, And the thing that they're doing is they're putting out that pheromone and they're causing that, that sound is them just fanning to spread that pheromone and saying everything is okay. Mm -hmm. It's again, just going back to our podcast of how it was like this idea of everything's gonna be okay. It's the, the big horn sheep up on mm -hmm. in a cabin. Like there's something consoling about that sound. However, if the average person heard that sound, <laughs> they would be terrified. <laughs> But to a beekeeper who hears that sound, it's, like, it's comforting. It's, it's saying this hive is awesome mm -hmm. and everything's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Love it. All right. Until next time, everybody take care.